1: Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today.
0: Welcome to part two of Myths and Monsters. The following podcast contains themes of humorosity, merriment, and some whimsy. If you are not fully prepared to engage your sense of non-reality... Then take this as a warning to the discretion of your chuckle muscles. Now on with the pod. Well hello again my friends. You join me and the wee man on what promises to be a very interesting adventure. Me and Finn got on our bike and sidecar. I drove, he doesn't have his license yet. To travel up to the land of Ewan McGregor, Dennis Nielsen, heroine and David Duchovny's mum. We're back up in Scotland. I know that I said this podcast will cover the British Isles and beyond, and both parts have so far been in Scotland. Not to worry though, I will be expanding the geography in future episodes. For example, I have had a request to investigate sin eaters. Now, two points I'd like to make about this. One, I don't know what they are. Two... I don't know where they live, but I think it's outside the UK. I shall investigate. The reason I'm still in Scotland is that this week's subject is a global phenomenon, has starred in Hollywood with Ted blinking dancing, no less, was featured on an episode of The Simpsons, and still has the magnetic pull to bring people with too much money from all over the globe to a small town called Drumna Drochit. No, no. Don't say bless you, that wasn't a sneeze. Drumny is the small town that receives visitors from all over due to its close proximity and the utterly ace Loch Ness Centre and Exhibition. People come to try and catch a glimpse of the Loch Ness Monster, also known as Nessie. At the moment, we're sitting in one of the many hostel rays that you'll find in this neck of the woods. Scotland can really put the hostel into hostelries. It's a little wordplay joke for my friends across the America way there. But seriously, folks, the worst you'll get in here is a few people tutting if someone puts Coca-Cola into their whiskey. Perhaps a muttered, for shame, at such a sacrilegious act. We've had a long week of investigating the mystery of Nessie, and as you can hear, Finn is plum tuckered out. I did nearly consider giving him a wee snifter of whiskey, but the one time I did that before, he was off chasing rabbits, cars and lady dogs, so I'll just let him sleep. It's our last day here, and we actually went out onto the loch today. I have a wee boat called the Neeps and Tatties, I didn't name it myself, I must say, it was named by the previous owner, uh, a lassie called Morag McClackinockin, a giant of a woman, with a ginger mullet and a bosom that could knock down Ben Nevis. By the way, Ben Nevis is the tallest mountain in Scotland, not just some random fella. Back to the boat. I'd like to think I'd call it something a bit more water related, and because I'm trying to hunt the facts behind myths... Perhaps something like the sudden truth. Yeah, I know. I'll work on it. Whatever the name of it, it junters along just fine. It was on this last day that me and the wee man decided to take a wee dip into the loch itself. There is quite a brisk chill that covers your entire being inside and out, at three in the morning, in the middle of a loch, in Scotland. Why would I do this? I hear you cry. Well, this kind of behaviour is technically not allowed, you see. But when it's three in the morning, folk are less likely to give any amount of monkeys. So, it's three in the morning, and we're on the deck of neeps and tatties. Me and Finn. Both in our matching scuba gear. Only kidding. We don't wear matching scuba gear. That would be a bit weird and creepy. This time... He's just going to remain up on the deck of the Neeps and Ties, keeping watch for any wardens or monsters. And as he does this, I'm going to go into the dark, freezing water, say goodbye to my man parts, and collect some samples. Who knows, maybe I'll bump into Nessie. I've got news for you folks. I did not bump into Nessie. I did bump into some otters and a couple of seals though. We apologised and we swam on our separate ways. Anyway, I collected my samples. Always like to get my samples of the area that the alleged monster inhabits. Might need it for future references. After I got back on the boat, I gave Finney's treat for being a good boy, and then we puttered back to the shore. Back to the tent of plenty that I had set up earlier. The tent has everything we need comfy bedding, food, a wee stove food, a telly so we can watch Aberdeen play, food, you get the idea. Okay, now that we've eaten, let's stop. Collaborate and listen as I drop some Nessie and Loch Ness knowledge into your log holes. Word dear mother. Oh god, I am so sorry. I should not have had that vanilla ice cream for pudding. Okay, so, there is a general consensus, I get that was an awful joke, I'm very sorry but I like it. There is a general consensus amongst the science community that the Loch Ness Monster, if it were real, would be a plesiosaur. A plesiosaur being a dinosaur type creature. Fossils that have been found do in fact resemble the popular shape that is most often used to describe Nessie. The long neck, big flippers, and a chunky booty body. Oh yeah, Nessie's got back. There is one little problem with this theory. The plesiosaurs are meant to have all died out 65 million years ago. So either there is a family of Nessies who have been surviving all these millennia without ever being caught, or there's a 65 million year old monster in the loch. Both of these things seem unlikely. I admit that there are some things that can live to outrageous ages. Turtles on the Galapagos Islands can easily cascade over the 100 years barrier. Bowhead whales can hit over 200 years old. The most famous, of course, is Betty White. But as long as she roams free, her final age may never be able to be gauged. There are a few other theories as to what Nessie may actually be and i will get back to those for just now though let me try and paint a picture of loch ness itself the loch is situated southwest of inverness the capital of the islands the loch itself is 36.3 kilometers long has an overall area of 56.4 kilometers squared to give you some perspective If you think of it in relation to the size of an NFL football pitch, it would take a bloody lot to cover that area. At its darkest and deepest, the loch is 226.9 metres. That is over 124 fathoms deep. In non-nautical terms, a fathom is the same length as a prog rock keyboard solo. Here's something I should have mentioned before. Now, I do believe that there are some listeners from America and Canada and elsewhere outside of the United Kingdom. If you thought it was Loch Ness, you will now have heard that it is in fact Loch Ness. Please feel free to try and pronounce as I do, but you will need wipes afterwards for the mess that you will create. As I mentioned briefly in part one, the highlands of Scotland are some of the most beautiful, languid and serene areas in the United Kingdom, and some would argue across the globe. However, amongst the leafy trees and craggy rugged rocks, swims a ragged rascal known affectionately as Nessie. So let's go back, way back when Nessie made its big entrance. Let us haste onwards. The first reported sighting of the Loch Ness Monster, aka Butalicious, dates back as far as 565 AD, AD from the Latin meaning Anno Domini, translated this means after dinner. It doesn't, but it is fun to play with Latin. I sometimes say it stands for Anti Doris or Annoying Donkey. Pick your own and let me know. I'm digressing again. So, the tale goes that Irish St Columba was travelling to the Scottish Highlands with his friend and follower, Le Guin Mocky Min. It was during their visit that a man had been killed in the River Ness by a creature that was known as the Water Beast by the locals. After a village meeting was held to try and prevent something like this happening again, Saint Columba offered to help, by telling Mocky the monk to swim across the river Ness and be the bait for this known murderous creature. As Mocky swam across, the beast approached him, but Saint Columba made the sign of the cross and then said, Go no further. Do not touch the man. Go back at once. And the creature fled. Well, the locals were stunned by this, as they weren't used to a man of the cloth telling so. Some- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider, with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. someone to not touch them. There have been several incidents since then, but most of these have mostly involved prankster otters with large sticks fashioned into the shape of the monster. A complicated pulley system involving cogs, wheels and several boy scouts on the run from the law for unknown crimes. Many think it was just harmless crimes like flicking the ears of chickens or breaking windows on both sides. But let's get stuck into these other theories. As I said before, there are a few that try to claim that they know what the Loch Ness Monster actually is in these photographs and witness accounts. I will now go through the most common five and perhaps shed some light. Okay, theory number one. Dead trees. The most common trees in this area are the Scots pine and the Rowan tree. What isn't as well known is that there has been a gang war between these two types of trees for over 300 years. Much like the jets and the sharks of West Side Story, the literal turf war has been raging and there have been casualties. These casualties are the dead trees that find themselves in the cold water of Loch Ness. These copse corpses sink. But after a while, little fishes nest in the trunk and like to play submarines. The point of the game is to treat the trunk as if it were a submarine. And as we all know, submarines need to surface every so often. It is at these times that an innocent tourist sees what they think is Nessie and they take the photo that may transform their lives. After the photo is taken, the fishes have a wee giggle and And Back under the surface. Theory number two. Congareels. This was actually quickly debunked. Two congareel bodies were found on the banks of Loch Ness, miles away from home. It was soon found to be the case that the congareels were in fact plants. As interest grew, a man known as Ringmaster Leonard admitted to trying to drum up business for his travelling aquarium. The eels were sacrificed for Leonard's vision. Leonard was then shooed out of town and his actions were very much frowned upon. R.I.P. Congareos. Theory number three. Reflections of mountains. This has nothing to do with esoteric wonderings, but more to do with sunsets and shiny surfaces. Parts of Loch Ness are surrounded by looming mountains, and as the sun sets, the light hits these loomers, and the reflections that are cast upon the shimmering surface of the darkening water have sometimes been mistaken for a possibly prehistoric behemoth. Easily done, I'm sure. Not a lot of people know... That there are more than just African and Indian elephants, there is also the Scottish elephant. The Scottish elephant is similar in many ways to its faraway kin, colour, lack of knees and terror of mice to name but three. The main differences come in size, temperament and diet. Due to the colder weather, the Scottish elephant is much smaller standing never more than four foot from toe to tip of trunk. This causes short elephant syndrome, also known as SES. The Scottish elephant, basically, is a nasty wee bugger, who likes nothing more than to have a rumble with anyone or anything who the Scottish elephant thinks is looking at them funny. Their diet is based mainly upon leftovers from tourists and beer lots of beer due to their stature they are known to sneak into pubs when they are closed on their big grey tippy toes grab a couple of barrels get drunk and go for a swim to try and impress the lady elephants it is normally when the elephant is under the water with his trunk above the water Scottish elephants also like a game of submarine that an innocent and unsuspecting tourist think that they have snapped Cryptozoology gold. The fifth and final theory that I'm going to give you is seismic activity, but this was a short lived theory. In short, it was deemed that seismic activity created bubbles that had a similar pattern to that that would be created by an animal the size of Nessie. It just turned out to be caused by flatulent drunk elephants. All of these theories do carry some form of weight, but only in the way that a fat man tries to carry himself up eight flights of stairs when the lift is broken. I myself have been to Loch Ness to soak in the atmosphere of what is an exceedingly beautiful area of the United Kingdom. It was while I was there, pressing my way through tourists and then hiding at the edge of a particularly dense area of pine trees all these trees were still alive that I looked upon the mirror-like surface and entered a trance-like state. I emerged much later with a start and realised that there were two other possible theories of what this so-called monster could be. I say so-called monster because other than one man who was killed by the water beast back in 565 Annoying Donkey and anyone who actually saw the Ted Danson movie Loch Ness and wish they had not, there has not been one casualty. To my theories. Theory number one. Mermaids. I have studied mermaids before, and it may be something I cover in a future issue. In short, mermaids are aware that if their existence was to be proven, then the peaceful life that they hold so dear would forever change. My theory is that there are mermaids in Loch Ness, and at some point in the past they were very close to being discovered. They knew that something needed to be done to ensure their continued way of life. I suggest that they created a shoal that gave the impression of what some see to this day a monster. That would scare off any threat. Of course, this did not go according to plan but even after years of their home being violated by tactless tourists keen amateur Nessie enthusiasts and even Charlie Sheen and who knows what he would have done if he'd found a mermaid the mermaids still have their secret lives. My second theory and the one I prefer is that it's the ghost of Nessie. Over all the years the sightings, the excursions with fancy sonar equipment, etc., only one monster has ever been seen. This could mean one of two things. Nessie is a slayer, and there can be only one at a time. Related to that, perhaps Nessie is the Highlander, and there can be only one. Or more likely, this is the ghost of the last ever Loch Ness creature. The spirit that continues to this day, appearing every so often to tourists and locals alike. The tourists take their photos, and the locals raise their glasses to the memory of what once was. This theory is actually my favourite, as it does actually make some form of sense. A harmless entity that pops up now and again brings joy to the tourists who have a tale to share back home. And of course anyone connected with the tourist industry in Scotland also feels a huge amount of joy of the cha-ching variety. So there you have it my friends another fun wee investigation into another legend. As I sit here in my comfy chair with a sleeping fin at my feet I look round at the other patrons of the bar. All very good friends who will always have a kind word to say or willing to offer any help. Over there at Tyler and Beck, they would do anything for you no matter how busy they are. They often help with the technical stuff on the neeps and tatties. At the pool table is Christine and M. M is with our last Al tonight and they're joined by Suzanne as well. I swear you won't get more beautiful people. Just for full info, M is actually winning at the pool yet again, and that's why Christine drinks. Oh, the pub quiz hosts have arrived Lily and Krista. Such a funny pair. They have a wicked line in novelty moose hats as prizes. There's Amity up at the jukebox again. Nobody minds though. This lass really knows her music, and she does help me with the big words in my reports as well. There are a few more folk in here. It really is a wonderful community, and I'm always made to feel welcome whenever I come round for a visit. So, with that in mind, I shall take my leave. Till next time, Slancha. your health.